Hi guys, welcome to the Cold Email Community Podcast, where we're interviewing industry experts on their best cold email strategies and bringing them straight to you. I'm Richard Francis, co-founder at Coldlytics, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. For our first episode, we welcome David, co-founder at Hot Glue, where he shares the big mistake he made early on in his cold email game and how he writes his best converting cold emails. So let's get started. The company I'm with currently is uh, one I co-founded called Hot Glue. Um, and it's me and one other guy who've co-founded the company. Um, we're actually both 20 years old currently. Um, so we're a little bit on the younger side. And um, my experience has been more in the digital marketing space. Um, I did a lot of like, like running some Instagram accounts and kind of doing consulting on how to best approach digital marketing for companies. Um, it did some internships in the space and worked in the space a little bit. Um, but we started this company a little over a year ago now um, and decided to leave school to go full time on it. Um, and this was my first time ever doing like B2B sales or real like cold email outreach. Um, so if anything about this interview is interesting, it should be that, um, you don't have to be like an expert who's done it for years and years to be successful at it. Um, which I think is super important. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, what has been the biggest driver of success, uh, for hot glue? It's really been that like, you know, whether it's cold, like when I'm doing cold emails, yes, I'm like selling a product and trying to get people to believe me. But the thing is it's, it's something real to believe. So when you're cold emailing someone, it never works when you lie about what you're doing. Um, yeah. Really speaking truth into why you're solving someone's problem. Um, and we can get more into, into like how you should frame your email in a little bit. But I think the most successful thing has been just being extremely truthful in our vision and our mission. Um, and that has helped people kind of sympathize with you when you when they read your email. So instead of being like, oh, you know, they're trying to sell me something. It's like, oh, they're working with me to solve this problem. I think that's been really helpful for Hot Glue. I wrote some really bad emails early on um, in, in my experience with, with Hot Glue. Um, this is when we didn't really have a functioning product um, and we were just trying to gauge interest for people who were maybe wanting to use something like what we were building. Um, and I wrote some like longer emails that were like all about the features we were thinking about and in, in the end, irrelevant stuff that if they were actually interested, they would ask later and be curious about later, but that I didn't need to give them up front. Um, so I've been at it for a year now and I have like almost like a set of rules that I follow every time I write a cold email. Um, and the thing is I write handwrite all my cold emails. So I don't use any kind of like tool um, as of now. Right now I handwrite every single email, even if I know it's gonna be similar to the previous email I wrote. And the reason I do that is because the human touch is um, kind of like, it, it, it will be there if you handwrite it, even if you're writing similar words, because there'll just be a way that you phrase it that is something more human about you. So I handwrite every cold email. Um, all of them are under seven sentences, typically at five sentences. Um, and the reason for that is because if I see an email that's like more than like seven sentences, I stop reading typically. I just go to the end, see if they're asking me something. If they're not, if they're trying to sell me something, I delete the email. If they're like, asking if I, they can find some time, then maybe I'll be like, oh, is this interesting? Um, but yeah, the, the rule is really just to connect personally in a short amount of time and be like, hey, I can help you, let me help you. One of the experiments I came up with was, I was sending a guy named Mitchell a message that was meant for Harry, like 
it, it starts with, hey there, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and surprisingly, he got back to me. He goes like, who's Harry? <laughs> and I went, yeah. I went completely honest with him. And I said, that was just experimenting things and everything. I thought the, and I apologize if, if, if it looked uh, unprofessional and everything, it was sure. an experiment. And he went on with inviting me to his company. Like, you should come with us to be a BDR and everything. I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I definitely on. agree with it. Um, I, you know, I had a mentor who, you know, I talked to him because he's someone who's done really successful cold emails. Um, and what he told me was like, even if you have typos in your email, sometimes, if anything that makes people realize it's you actually wrote it. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, sometimes if you maybe have like a comma somewhere you shouldn't, or maybe you wrote like you instead of your, um, it's not the end of the world. And if anything, it shows you're human. And they're like, oh, someone actually took the time to write this about me. Um, which is, you know, is, is so meaningful because when I get an email from whether it's from an investor, like potential investor who wants to invest or someone trying to sell me something, I get really upset when it's either like very bland or sometimes, and this is the wor one of the worst things I think you can do in cold emails is if you go to their website and you just copy the description they have on their website and like send it back to them. Yeah. I hate when that happens to us. So someone will take the two sentence description from a website and be like, I love how you guys, and they paste in the description. Yeah. The least you could do is just reword it. Try to reword it, make it a little bit different. So it looks like you're trying to understand what we do, but almost, I, I would suggest never going and just sending something that they wrote right back to them. No one's going to like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, since it came to the, the to the uh, to the problems and everything. Tell us about the uh, about one mistake that you have done in your uh, in your past that you want other people to avoid it. Yeah, um, this is something I was thinking about before the call, where I was like, I need to mention this. Yeah. Um, when you if you look back at your like older like cold emails, or if you look back at your recent cold emails, go and count how many times you said I. So I want to help you do this. I want to do that. I think we could do so many eyes. The whole point of the email is it shouldn't be about you. It should be about the other person. And so you should go and try to limit how many times you say I. Maybe you can say, hi, my name is David and I would love to talk to you about this or whatever, but do, it, do as much as you can to avoid using the word I. Use the word we, try to say they, use the word I as, le as little as possible so that the other person doesn't feel like you're just talking about yourself and how you guys are so great and how they could use your help because they're not so great. The idea is that you want to make sure that they feel like they're doing great, but you can help them be even better. That's typically when it comes to cold emails, what you're trying to kind of sell this idea of. So just my, my biggest mistakes was I, I myself went and wrote a bunch of emails that were more focused on my myself and or my company instead of focus on helping that other company achieve their goals so my biggest mistake was not focusing on the other company's goals and that resulted in me having a lot of emails where i wrote i in like three straight sentences and it just doesn't sound good when you read it back and uh yeah i want to agree with you because uh i i came across a research that uh 
and mm -hmm. they monitored how many times people were saying word I, and as many eyes in the call, as low as the interest of the other person. And yep. this is the overall of the, uh, of the experiment. And yeah, from after that, I tried to avoid word, word I, or at least replace it with we, we or something, our company or like, I mean, not right. only myself, because it feels that the person is mentioning to himself too many times and it feels like egoistic or something. I mean, yep. yeah, yeah, this is why I would like Yeah, it. completely. And uh, one last question. Tell us your best cold email strategy and your best advice to people who are, who are doing this. Yeah, so I'd say the, the success that I found recently in getting like 20, 25, maybe even 30% some weeks on replies to cold emails, even if it's like, you know, someone's like, oh, no, thank you. I appreciate the email. Um, my best advice would be like, there are no shortcuts. Um, and it's like something you'll learn as you continue to cold email. If you're an entrepreneur, it's something you'll learn as an entrepreneur, that there's just never any shortcuts, at least not ones that will lead to better things in the long run. So um, doing the research is so important. Um, I spend maybe like 15, 10 to 15 minutes, just like looking at the website, learning about how they think about things, learning what they do. I read the mission, you know, I just go and take the time so that when I write the email, I can make sure that, you know, my, my mission is aligned with their mission. And so I would say like my biggest advice is it's better to put out 60 cold emails a week that are hyper-personalized than 6,000 non-personalized. Because I promise you, you will get more responses, even though you're 10, what, you know, what, 100x less, um, you know, in, in how many emails you, you know, put. If you put 60 emails out that are really, really good and you get 20 responses versus 6,000 with 10 responses, I mean, it's, it's so much better. And then beyond that, let's say they convert, right, to whatever you're selling they're going to be so much more open with you. And so honest, like we have, you know, customers that I emailed were like, they even asked me later, they're like, did you find me on a list? Was I on a campaign? And I was like, no, like I spent time researching you guys. And I thought about your problems. I looked at like their FAQs and what integrations are coming soon. And that's about Haku and what we do. But um, they were like, thank you. Like you actually came to us and so helped us solve a problem we were worried about. So as long as you are targeting helping people rather than just selling your thing, you, you should have success, of course, and, and make it personalized. So, you know, if use their name, that's also something I would suggest is use their name. So say, you know, you say, hi, John, but also at the end of the email, you can be like, John, I think we should find a time to talk. Um, because it, Every, you know, as, as much as maybe some people may not want to admit it, people like hearing their name um, or reading their name and it makes them feel more personalized. Um, and then, you know, you can have a pretty standard intro line. Like there's not that many ways you can say, hi, my name is David and I'm with Hot Glue. Like, of course, there's not that many ways you can say that or I'd love to talk to you with you this week. Do you have some time to chat? Um, there's not that many ways to say that, but the middle part should be completely customized every time it should be. I saw that you guys are currently building this and I think we can do this for you by the end of next week. What do you think about that? Like, it should be so personalized that they should feel like you're, you created a solution for them. You didn't just like make a product and try to sell it to them. So 
three points I three main points I get from it is that take your time to research your target and take your time to personalize the outreach and just try to help them like really yeah. help them, not just try to sell your product and everything yeah though yes absolutely that is the best answer actually because usually there's uh yeah there is no shortcut you just you just have to spend as much time as possible it's it's worth it and you know it's 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 important for me to say that like my the the cold emailing i'm working on is for like b2b sales and for for contracts they're a little bit higher value right so i'm not selling a five dollar product or a ten dollar product if you are it probably makes more sense to go with a more massive outreach campaign because you know someone can be like oh five dollars like i have that in my pocket right now you know the contracts we're selling are you know a few thousand dollars a year and up so it, it makes sense for us to be super personalized. Um, but I would say that for, for smaller like products that are like less than 20 bucks or whatever, it makes a lot of sense to just go and do a cold email campaign. You're selling like a fidget spinner. It makes sense. You know, it doesn't have to be that personalized in my situation. It has to be extremely personalized because our product is for only specific tech companies. Um, so I would say that, you know, all this stuff I mentioned is really for like B2B sales in like the technology market and a little bit of a higher contract value. When your product is like low in value, I mean, you don't, yeah. you, you don't want to concentrate on, on the quality of the, uh, of the prospect you you're concentrated on the quantity because you want to make right because typically that that market is huge if you have a two dollar product it's most likely a lot of people need it right versus for us the higher the, the cost of the product the less people need it so we can spend more time personalizing the message yeah that's perfect right and that's basically uh everything that i wanted you to share with us and we're open if you have anything more to add to it um, no, no, that's it. I mean, thank you guys so much for listening. If anyone, you know, is, is listening and, uh, um, you know, check out Coldlytics and, and see what they're up to. Um, they're helping people do exactly what we talked about on this, on this call. So <laughs> yeah, we, we try to, and, and I really, I forgot to mention it in the beginning and excuse me for that, but I really appreciate that you quit your college, your, your education, pursue your dream, because I'm the one who did it as well. I quit my university. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we left after three semesters um, of undergraduate. So we left, we started the company when we were 18. Um, we left college when we were 19. Um, and, and now we're 20 and starting to, to grow a bit. So <laughs> yeah, I left when I was uh, when I was 22, I guess. Yeah, I'm 26 now. So, and uh, I, I left it like four years ago. And it was a really prestigious university, but still, I didn't see any meaning to like. I mean, because everything they taught me in there, it wouldn't just work in the outside. <laughs> it is. It yeah, just, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, I, all those people who changed the world, like Steve Jobs and every, everybody, like I, I don't have to mention them all. Like everybody knows them. They got kicked out of school, or they they just left it. And look at who they are now. And yeah, I, right. I wish you best of luck, and thank you so very much for your time to for giving us your uh, advices and share, sharing with us your experience. Thank, thank you, Naeem. I, I really appreciate the the opportunity to talk about it. It's something I'm super passionate about. It's what I do every day. So. <laughs>